What's going on guys? Welcome to episode 40 of the Fuel for Football podcast. I'm your host Sanchez Bailey and we're still audio at this present time. Um, I'm still figuring out how I'm going to um, release the visual content. I've got a plan, it's just some things don't work in your exact timing, you know, and that's a lesson in itself. There's a few things I want to speak about today um, with my guest actually um, has delayed me a week, which is fine. Um, and to be honest with you, with the topic I wanted to talk about, it's probably better with no guest today. I think this is going to be an episode which I'll revisit um, another time. But let's just talk about the. So today is a Sunday. I'm recording this on, which I usually do, and um, we've had some football on the weekend. And I really want to speak about, you know, as as you know, I, I watch football with a, a different lens. I watch sports with a different lens. And then, you know, the Chelsea and Liverpool game was on. And so it was unfortunate, but understandable, in my opinion, why Reese James got sent off. And oh gosh, I just realised I've gone straight into it. I haven't done no intro, like no, you know, um, check in. But we're going straight in, as I said. So, yeah, it was unfortunate that Reese James got sent off. It was unfortunate, but understandable, in my opinion. And I then thought, how is this game going to go? And, you know, there's something that I've noticed about Thomas Tuchel. I think he really, I don't know if he has a sports psych in the team, but he's really attentive to the mental demands of the game. Even just when he speaks in every pre-match, post-match interview. So I already began to, you know, preempt what he would be saying to his team at half-time. You know, Chelsea were very emotional. As you could see, there were little mini fights and breakouts during that period of time, um, which was also reinforced at the end of the game. But I just felt like if they hang on to half time, they can do something today. You know, that was really going on in my mind. And I was thinking, what would he say? And I was just beginning to speculate what he could say. And I had a thought, and I don't think, I don't know if this will be effective, but I thought, I think Tuchel will tell his team to play as if, or to to not even have in their mind that they are are playing with 10 men. Because as soon as you go, you know, as soon as you go to 10 men, you're obviously going to be handicapped physically by the lack of one teammate or the absence, should I say. But at the same time, some of these players might actually feel, excuse me, some of these players might actually feel like they have to change their game and become a lot more defensive and a lot more uh, restricted in their freedom. And I felt like Tuchel would probably have told them to not feel like that, to not even think like that, but to play the game and add to what they um, display, you know, add the same flair, add the same commitment, add the same attacking prowess. And if you look at the match, I don't think he said this, by the way, but that was what I was speculating. Um, and Chelsea had the best chances of the second half. You know, he had the Lukaku block there, and I think there was one more chance that they had. And Liverpool really struggled. And so there's two ways you can kind of look at, you know, the whole scene and scenario of going to 10 men. You can look at it where, you know, Liverpool now have an added pressure, being at home as well, playing against, uh, you know, a, a so-called rival, playing against a team that might actually be taking their place in the, you know, the, the standings of the league. 
So there's added pressure. And when you really look at Liverpool, they haven't signed anyone for about two, three years that can really make a serious impact. No offence to Thiago. So Liverpool are still like the same team from what winning the league. And obviously Van Dijk's back, so hopefully that'll be a, a bit more of a, a boost for them. But you, you then think the pressure's on them as well to deliver against a team that is just almost beefed up since the last time they played. So it was very interesting to, to see how that went down. And obviously the other perspective is Chelsea now playing handicapped and they're playing with, you know, a bit of a handbrake on. So there's two effects that, you know, a sending off can do. And conversely, the same or the alternative perspective can actually happen for the same team, meaning there's less pressure for Liverpool. They'll play their game, raise their game. And then... Um, I don't know which <laughs> version I'm... Basically, the opposite to what I already um, put out there could occur. So, yeah, that was that was very interesting to see. And I was trying to pay attention to what was said in the post-match conference and interviews to see what maybe um, had been um, was conveyed during halftime and I couldn't really tell, to be fair. So it was a bit of a shame to not really get anything conclusive from that. But I do feel that Chelsea played with a, a mindset that probably most teams don't play when they go to 10 men. And, and so I think that could be something we can explore further over the coming weeks, over the coming seasons, maybe get a perspective from a player that's played under, under 10 men and been successful. I'm sure many of you have been in, um, in your careers and maybe that could be a good time for you to reflect when you have been successful you know, um, with a man sent off and you played against the other team and what was the mindset at least with yourself and some, with some of the other players and, you know, it's a good time to kind of see that potentially when a man is sent off, it is a mindset shift that can either make a team um, perform and enhance um, their actual physical output or maybe withdraw a little bit. And so that's something to be mindful of in terms of when you do get into a situation like that is what kind of mindset are you going into uh, the rest of the game in? You know, maybe a half-time interval could help, but, you know, I definitely think it is a mindset shift, which we will explore as time goes on. All right, that's out of the way. <laughs> what I really wanted to speak today, and I don't know how long this podcast is going to be, I just want to get it off my chest, speak from the heart, probably more from and less from my mind, which is definitely not recommended. So let's see how this goes. And I really want to speak about Jack Wilshere. So today you saw the interview come out. I haven't seen it yet, to be fair. I probably should have watched it before, um, before uh, coming onto the podcast, but I think I've heard and seen enough. So we had the news about Jack. For those that don't know, Jack Wilshere, he's a former uh, Arsenal um, midfielder, former English, England international, former golden child of English football. I think it's fair to say. You know, I'm trying to think of another player that was seen as a golden child, maybe outside of our country. Um, maybe Renato Sanchez, he was seen as a golden child. Maybe Martin Odegaard from, he's in our country now, but. Those were golden childs. You saw them at their youth. Charisma, Ricardo Charisma. They, these were young men, and at their youngest 
uh, stage. They were playing at great heights, playing with great intensities, and they had so much expected of them. And Jack Wilshere was one of those. You know, you can't think of Jack Wilshere and not think of that night at the Emirates against Barcelona. You know, I think that was during my GCSE uh, uh, period um, when that was happening. Actually, it couldn't have been. It was February. It was a significant period of time for me. I think maybe just half term when I was in school. But yes, or college. Um, but yeah, that, that night, you know, against Barcelona where he outshone what some regard some of the greatest midfielders in history, you know, Xavi and Iniesta. He was immense that night. And that's not what I really want to highlight about Jack Wilshere because he's so much more than that. You know, he was... Um, I believe he was Arsenal captain at one point, but he was Arsenal number 10 at least. I don't think he was captain actually, but he was Arsenal number 10. And he was the guy that was going to lead Arsenal to, to great things. And, you know, he was loved by them. He's a, he's a youth product as well. So he was raised in the Arsenal mode. And so what's happened recently, he's come out and he's, you know, just opened up. And it's a shame that he wasn't with myself, but, you know, it's fine. I'm getting there. <laughs> but he opened up on... The Athletic, I believe, we were just basically saying things of the nature where he regretted leaving Arsenal, he took it the wrong way, um, it's a shame that no one really wants him at the moment, he was getting really vulnerable and speaking about his son, saying why does, asking his pups, Jack, why doesn't anyone want you? Him wanting to, or feeling, or being told that he would have been in his prime at the age that he is, 28, 29. And he's clubless right now. You know, I think he was recently uh, released by Bournemouth, who are in the championship. Just missed out on, on promotion. And so, yeah, Jack's going through a tough time to, to, to some degree, you know, um, in terms of what was expected. And it's a really... I want to get through the sad and I want to get to the... To the beauty so it's a real shame because you know what it sounds like when Jack's speaking is it's, it's all sounding like expectations weighed this young man down you know from the moment I told you about his standout performance from that day on there's been a weight of expectation there's been expectations for him to be the man at Arsenal um, expectations for him to be the man in England. He even mentioned that he would see himself playing for England right now. And I'm sure that's a lot from his expectations from, from himself. But also that is going to be the expectations from the public. You know, um, he's had injuries as well that, have, that has let him down. And I'm, I'm not too sure what his injury record is currently like at the moment. But I know that the injuries was a reason why he fell out of favour at Arsenal but was still welcome to be at the club from Emery, from what he said in this interview. Um, and yeah, let's break it down a little bit more. So he, he said, I really should have watched it and I'm going to watch it and maybe speak about it another time. But he mentioned that Emery said that he's welcome to stay, but he's probably just not the starter. And I think Jack had um, t taken some issue to that, you know, because we all are ambitious. We all are players that um, want to be starters who wants to be on the bench i don't think i've met anybody or will meet anybody that wants to play on the bench we all have ambitions to to do greatness um at the level that we are at so when you are told that you're not going to be involved you do have a 
a bit of resistance to that, at least mentally. The lesson we can take from that is we do need to have a little bit of a, a, a rational thought process in. We need to dedicate time for that at least. Because yes, if someone tells you you're not gonna play, you're immediately gonna think, what the hell, why am I not playing? I might need to leave, I might need to go on loan, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying Jack should have stayed and you know settled for the lack of ambition, but he does in retrospect regret not staying. So let's explore the alternative perspective that he could have had that may have changed the course of some of his career um, events that followed. So, you know, if, if you're a player at that time when, I hate to bring it up, but you've had a few injuries that have made you lose your place in the team. And at that time, I can't remember who, it might have been Meza Ozil uh, and a few other players that were in the team who were actually thriving. You know, I think this might have been the Alexis era, maybe just after that, but Aubameyang may have come. So there's players at the club who are coming into the team and doing their part, you know. So when you do, it, do become injured, an unfortunate thing and an unfortunate realism is that your place may be at jeopardy. But the same way you lost your place can be the same way that you can regain that place, you know, in the team. Especially when you believe in your own ability. And I'm sure that Jack believed in his ability at that time. So, you know, yes, there's frustrations. The submex mentality encourages you to be frustrated. We, we are not here to settle for not being in the team, but it's also about your response. So you can, you know, there's two options for, for Jack at that point in time. You can kind of challenge and, and push and really bet on yourself. So that's something that could be done. And then obviously there's, there's an option that I don't discourage, which is maybe to move on. But that, that what needs to happen before that decision comes is a rational thought processing. And I just want to put that out to you because it doesn't have to be the same situation that Jack has gone through um, in terms of you being told you're not going to play. It might be something else. It could be a contractual situation. It could be... Um, I don't know, maybe a responsibility that you're being asked to, to perform in the team where you know it's not really you, you don't want to do it, but maybe from reflection and having this time to rationalise, maybe you could add that to, to, to you know, your game a little bit, or maybe you could temporarily do this, or maybe you can work on a, a, a further agreement between the coach and do a little bit more to make sure that you're given um, as much as possible in that situation so that it could change for you. Because really and truly, let's just say someone's being, you know, asking of you um, a responsibility that's probably unfavorable to you. You could go to every single club or the next club throughout the rest of your career and they could ask that very same thing. What are you then going to do? You know, Jack may have, and I love Jack by the way, and so I'm saying this as we have to learn from the greats to then become great. You know, we've got to know what's happened in the past to, to know what we're going to do and understand the future. And so I'm, I'm only taking Jack as, as an example, a realistic example of how we can maybe empower ourselves. And we're going to get to the positive at the end because Jack, as much as he's opened up and he's expressed, and I'm sure it's the headline um, statement, I'm sure he said a lot more, but there's a lot more for Jack in his career. But I just want to make that clear because I don't want it to see like a, a Jack bash. I love Jack <laughs> as an Arsenal fan as well. So um, 
this is just something where I learn from the people that I admire um, to become hopefully greater and, and great in my own um, world. But lost my train of thought, I believe. But we do need that moment of time where we can be realistic, especially because we could go to different clubs and, you know, the same scenario that we may be escaping may occur for the rest of our career. So what are we going to do about it? And this is why I'm encouraging um, a rational time and, and an opportunity for you to have a rational thought processing, to really consider the options, to really consider whether you are probably seeing one side of it, whether you're being a little bit biased towards yourself, which we should do, but we should also look at the other perspective. We need to be objective um, in, our, in our thought processing. So that's something that I would like to put out there, especially at this time of the season where most things are going dandy. Some people may have had negative starts and undesired starts to the season. So this is also a great opportunity for you to be objective as well. Objective towards yourself, objective towards your, your team and, and the performances there. And, you know, sometimes not seeing it from a first person perspective. Sometimes that could cloud your opportunity for growth. Please note that. Gosh. It really saddened me just to hear about that, and I actually, I, I know a, a, a well, a somewhat well-respected um, agent, and I just sent this to him, and I was like, look, just do something, because <laughs> I really want to see Jack do well. I actually sent a message across to Jack himself and um, someone that's close to Jack. Maybe we'll get him on, but at least, I don't know, I would even want to keep focusing on the negative as well. Which is why now I want to shift to, to the to the um, to the beautiful side of it. Now, Jack, you know, regardless if he feels this way, Jack is in his prime. Jack could potentially have ten more years to go, and you know, we got someone like Owen Hargreaves who didn't play as much games as he did in the earlier parts of his career, but he was still playing. He was still in a, involved with a great team and still was very. Um, influential so we've got a reference point and it does sound like Jack's confidence has been knocked a little bit and one of those things that we can use to kind of build confidence which you know I've got an episode on confidence itself is vicarious experience and what does that mean it means someone else's experience um, or someone else who's been there and done that in a similar position to you maybe a similar uh, skill level or similar like stature or the closer they are to your profile and you know the, the closer their story matches yours you can build confidence just from the knowledge that they've been there and done that you know there was a uh i watched the andy murray um documentary on amazon really good doc by the way and during his rehab process they made sure he was in touch with a player that or an athlete, should I say, who had a similar injury to him. So it was very, um, it was very unique. And we spoke to someone who had the same injury, um, uh, Romain Vincelot, and I believe they were in contact too. And so, you know, what happened with Romain, he came back, he played, he's played for a few seasons with Stevenage. I believe he retired last season. So congrats to him that he came back from such a, a unheard of, a career-ending injury to play and be competitive. So Jack has the references there for him to do well. I think also, 
I'm saying this like with so much ignorance. Jack may have to let go of some of those ambitions that he might have temporarily in playing in this country. You know, so sometimes you might have to. We've we looked at it as well in the podcast and going down to go up. Jack may actually have to look abroad. The agent that I was referring to actually um, does his work a lot like abroad for many other athletes. We've, there's players that you would know of that's gone on to play in maybe Turkey, gone on to play in the, the Middle East, gone on to play in um, Asia and um, Spain. So Jack may have to look into those options. You know, it's, we're at a good time now where other leagues are really welcoming English talent. We've seen Tammy just go to Italy. We've seen the rise of the youth in, in Germany. There are options for, for us Englishmen to really be influential and impactful overseas. And it doesn't have to be long term. We have John Bostock, who was another golden child, who has gone on to be influential and impactful in different countries, right? He's come back to England and now he's playing. He suffered injuries himself. And he seems like he's in a really good pattern of play right now. He might be actually someone to speak on the pod. I've messaged him so many times, he hasn't got back to me. I still love him though. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think that's another thing that Jack needs to consider. But also I believe that's something that we can look into it. Sometimes we might have to go down to go up and I don't want to sound repetitive because I've spoken about it on podcasts before, but we may have to look at some options that may not have been as glamorous it might not have been in the plan. You know, I have a plan myself and I might have to accept there's going to be things that don't go exactly to plan, but the goal is the goal. We might have to go a longer route to get there. You know, Jack might actually really want to play for England again, but it might have to be the route that you never anticipated for you to actually play for England again, to, to go through, to get to those positions that you want to be in. And that's something that I really would love um, for whoever's around Jack to, to really pass that on and reinforce that, that opportunity. Because Jack is going to get a job. Jack can most definitely get a club. And he probably will get a club, especially following this interview. But it's the mindset that, that really needs to be shifted first. Because you can go to a club abroad now, hypothetically speaking. If that mindset hasn't shifted, you're not going to accept it. You're not going to want to be there. It's, it's, it's going to be ugly. So taking it right back to when Jack was presenting with the opportunity to fight for his place at Arsenal, the mindset shift is the reason why he left. Um, and I'm not going to say it's the reason why things didn't work out, but it's the mindset shift there. Even if he did leave, it's, it's the mindset shift that needed to happen there. All right, cool. It's not going to happen here. Um, or he, his mindset at the time was, how am I fighting for my place here? Like, um, from what I've read and I'll be the first one to come and correct myself if it's otherwise um, from the interview. But the mindset does definitely need to shift and we're going to be presented with so many challenges throughout this season um, and throughout your careers where we're not going to like what we're going to be told. We're not even going to like what we're going to hear. We're not going to like a lot of things that are going to be presented to us. And that's okay. I will never be that person to say that you have to think positive. No, we're not here to think positive. We're here to think realistic and practical. What are we going to do about it? You know, and are we looking through one lens? One lens. You have to always ask yourself that because we have to be, yes, our biggest defenders and our biggest insurance policies. But at the same time, if we're looking 
um, through only our perspective, it clouds the other perspectives that could be realistic, that could be more, um, uh, that could be more pertaining to our situation. I hope that makes sense. It was a bit muffled, but I really wanted to get that off. And my tribute to Jack is he, he's an amazing player. He brought so many fans great joy, especially Arsenal fans. And you know, someone that I've met before, and you know, is a great guy. And you know. Um, He's just a top guy, Jack. And at the same time, yes, there there probably is a little bit of um, ego there, which is within us all. <laughs> There's just circumstances that will trigger it. And Jack has been a player that, what was he, 16, 17, 18, the teenager, playing against some of the biggest players in the world. You can't fault him for not having an ego. <clears throat> and you can't fault him for that ego not being hit when he's being told he can't make it into a team that, was basically his, you know? So, um, just know that our egos are gonna be challenged at times and we have to make sure that we have other perspectives and all the glory to Jack for being someone that didn't just keep this inside and let this eat him up. He came out and spoke it, you know, for either scrutiny from, from people or praise or um, empathy. He came out and spoke and was honest. You know, and, and that's another message and a lesson in itself. We shouldn't be keeping these things up because imagine all of these things, feelings of regret, feelings of um, worth, questioning himself, all kept inside. You, you know what that could lead to. You know what downward spiral that could have been. And so for Jack to speak about it, I'm sure would have been an element of freedom. And, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing what comes from his career. And I really hope this was a shift in his... Uh, you know, mentality, so to speak. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed episode 40 of me waffling, no guests. But, you know, as I said, this is not always going to be guest driven. And I hope there were some nuggets for you to take. I never want to take too much of a time. There's so many things you could be doing. I appreciate the listeners um, from everywhere, you know, across the world, over here. Um, I don't know if there's any listeners in Dubai, actually, but yeah. Anyway, on to next week. And I look forward to presenting you um, my plan. I've got a plan to 100 episodes. And I hope that this will add value until we get there. All right, on to next week. Take care. All the best.